0: Hey there, it's me, Dawn Renee from Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. Did you know I have a Facebook group? It's called Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. You can ask to join because it's a private group and you can get all kinds of extra content available only in that group. Right now we're doing a 21-day positive affirmations. We're learning about manifesting. We're learning about visualization, meditation, Himalayan breathwork. You don't want to miss out on that. Do you join the group today? And while you're perusing the internet, check out my website, www.colormeeverything.com. It's where all my passions come together. My blog, my art, and other creative endeavors are for sale. My podcast is there, the courses I've been developing, and a little bit about me and how I started this entire journey as well as my favorite health and wellness products. You can get them there too. So check out beautifully broken with Don Renee, the Facebook group, join it. So you don't miss out on any of the extras and check out my website, www.colormeeverything.com and check out the things that I'm passionate about. I bet you'll find something that you're passionate about there too. Have a great day. And remember, if you're struggling, reach out to someone. And if you know someone who is struggling, please reach out to them and let them know you care. This is Dawn from Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee, the podcast, and we are continuing our series on Faces of Widowhood, and each Thursday for the next several months, we will be having a conversation with a widow or widower, and they'll be talking in very raw, real, open, honest, authentic conversations, Um, words, and emotions will come through. The episodes have not been edited because I wanted their emotions, their words to to come out. I wanted them to tell their stories because I believe that in telling their stories, they can help others heal while they help themselves heal. And that is my, that was my wish and my desire in doing this series. So I hope that you Join us for the journey and that somehow, some way, someway, someone, someone's story resonates with you and you find that someone does know and understand what you're going through, whatever that is. So please comment, share, like the podcast. Let me know what you like about the series. And what else I can do for you? We're in this journey together. And I hope that you understand that in joining me on this journey, you are healing me as I heal you. Or at least I try to. Thank you for listening. And please enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. We continue our series of Faces of Widowhood with Marsha, a person who I have met online through a widow support group. And uh, thank you, Marsha, for joining me today. You're welcome. So I know your name is Marsha and your husband's name was Mike. And how long were you married? Would have been 43
1: years, just about four, coming up on 43 years, I'd have been married.
0: And how long have you been widowed? Two years, two, two years. years. Um, and so Mike did not have a long term illness, did he?
1: He didn't really have a long-term illness, but he did have health issues. He, he did have some health issues. He had been suffering from headaches. Um, he'd been to the doctors. He always went to the doctors, but he had had bad headaches and he had vertigo. Um, he had some health issues, but nothing you know, that we thought was gonna drop him. I mean, I didn't think he was gonna fall over and be gone. And So, so how did he pass? Well, Mike liked to go fishing by himself. Never really took my son fishing, which I think is kind of odd. He, um, he would go fishing once or twice a year. He liked to go by himself. He would just, usually he would rent a boat, um, just a rowboat, you know, just a small boat and he'd go fishing and he'd be back by noon and we'd go to lunch. Not, not even a big deal, but he did it once or twice a year. I always made sure he had a fishing license, always. I always updated his fishing license because I didn't want him to be without that fishing license. So in August of 2019, we were, it was our, son, our grandson's first day of school. And he said uh, on Wednesday night, he said to me, do you need anything from Walmart? And he liked the shop. I said, well, you've been there three times. What do you need? I don't need anything. He said, I need worms. I'm going fishing. I said, okay, I don't need anything. So he left to get the worms and he came back. I think I didn't even know he was going fishing the next day. He just popped it on me. I said, okay, no problem. So that morning, I was awake kind of when he left, but I didn't get up out of the bed. I didn't want to, you know interrupt his flow. Um, his birthday was in July. This was August. He had just bought himself a boat, a flatbed plastic boat that he could get into the pickup truck himself. And he was going to go, I saw him go out the door from my bedroom, because my bedroom is right along the same level as the garage. And I saw him leave, but I didn't interrupt him. He's going, I let him go. So after he left, I got up, got dressed, um, kind of putzed around the house a little bit, cleaned up the kitchen or whatever. And about 1030, oh, when he left, I got up and I thought well, he's gone. And then I heard my garage door and I thought, oh, he didn't leave. He didn't leave. So I opened the door to the garage and I said, what, what are you doing? You come and go and he goes, oh, I forgot my oar. I said, well, okay. And I went and tapped myself on the lips. And I said, that's not all you forgot. You know, that he forgot to kiss me. So I tapped myself on the lips and he came up to the door and gave me a kiss and then left. So I'm still putzing around the house and about 1030, I get a phone call from the reservoir where he went fishing. And the young man, and it's just a young man at the gate, God bless the little guy at the gate, just a, you know, he says, um, is this Mrs. Cole? I said, yes. It said, do you know what color Mike Cole's boat is? And I said, well, it's a brand new boat. I don't know what color it is. I said, but I know there was thunder this morning. Maybe he's not in the boat. He's, he's you know, fishing on the shore. They said, because his boat, we found his boat. I said, well, uh, you know, and he said, okay. So I hung up and I thought that's a little odd. So I started calling him on the phone, frantically calling him and he didn't answer the phone. So now I'm starting to get a little bit, you know, a little bit of pressure on my my heart and I'm thinking, oh, this this don't sound right. So I call my son and I said, hey, Jay, I said, "Um, the reservoir called me. I tried to call your dad. He's not answering the phone. Do you think I should go to the reservoir? He goes, well, I'm on my way home, mom. I'm going past there. I'll go to the reservoir. I said, okay. He goes, when was the last time they called you? I said, it's been about an hour. He goes, Well, will call them back and see if they found him. I said, okay, I'll do that. So he goes on his way. I call the reservoir back and the young man answers the phone. And I said, have you located Mr. Cole? They go, he said, well, the police are here investigating, but he didn't tell me what they were investigating. I said, oh, okay my son's on his way there. And I, 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 when I hung up the phone, I kind of just had such a sinking feeling in my heart. And uh, I called my son back and I said, Jay, the police are there investigating something. I don't know what's going on. He goes, I'm almost there, mom. I'll take care of it. So I hang up from him and I'm just putzing around the house and a car pulled up in front of my driveway or in front of my house. And two young men in polo shirts got out, walked up to my door. And I went to the door and I said, I opened the door and I said, uh, he's not coming home, is he? Oh, And they said, no, ma'am, he's not. He's deceased. And they came into the house and sat down and I was in shock. I didn't cry. I, I was like in shock. I didn't know what to do. I was, you know, and I sat down and immediately my son called on the phone and he was screaming in the phone screaming and crying and i said jay just come home honey just come home it'll be okay just come home and i sat down with these men and they started to tell me they found him in the water they don't know what happened um he, his boat was on the residential side of the reservoir so people that live on the reservoir saw him in the water by his boat um, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know what happened to him. Um, and then they give me his wallet, which his wallet was this waterlogged, waterlogged. And they give me his wallet and his phone. And they're looking around. And, and I said, you know, he really was a very nice guy and, and everything. And I said, um, I said, let me show you something. I'll show you something. And I took his wallet. And I want to show you this. I said, I've been married to this man, you know, 42 years. I said, you know, we have two grandchildren, two children. But when you open my husband's wallet, our wedding picture is the first thing you see. I'm going to show you the picture. It's the first thing you see when you open his wallet is a wedding picture.
0: Oh, that's so sweet.
1: And this picture. So I showed the man the wedding picture that was in my wallet, in his wallet. Oh. And said, we've replaced it a couple of times, but the last time my daughter laminated it, this is the actual picture that was in his wallet. It dried out. It's not ruined. And, and I said, he carried that for 42 years. Mine was the picture you saw when you opened his wallet, not his. And um, they were just shaking their heads. I, so my son got here. Our family came, my daughter was at work, like 30 miles away at Dahlgren Naval Station. My son had to call his sister and tell her on the phone, you have to come home, dad has died. So she was a basket case. The two grandsons, it was their first day of school. They were nine. Um, They loved their grandpa. He loved to play with them and do things with them. So they were pretty devastated. I, I was just in such a shock and I, and I do take a antidepressant. I was having a hard time crying. You know, I was all really in a state. I, I, I sometimes feel bad about how I didn't really, I thought I would just break down into tears and be in a puddle on the ground, but I wasn't, I wasn't. And my children, and I have not done banking for over 20 years. My husband did all of that and he did it online. And I didn't do that online. So my children stepped right up. They started, you know, finding passwords and and things like that. Um, And my health was good. So he left me at a time when I was in good shape. I could drive. You know, I went a couple of years where I couldn't drive at all.
0: I know that you have had some health issues yourself. So... Um, Were they prior to this or have they been since, or has it been ongoing? My my health issues um,
1: really are kind of silly. Well, they're not silly. They're, they're very, very serious. I have hydrocephalus. I have water on the brain. Right. It was undiagnosed for years and I had one surgery, I had spinal fluid coming out of my nose. So I had a very extensive surgery where they cut me ear to ear and really did extensive things that I didn't come out of it. So my husband got me through that. I mean, I did not drive for a couple years, I could, I would turn my head, I would fall. Um, It it was really, really rough. But he got me through that. And uh, I, I don't know how I managed to you know, every day I think um, I'm blessed every day. I think, I don't know how he got me to this place. I, you know, and I didn't even get to have his body right away. They had to send him for autopsy because they didn't know what happened. My only sad part was, I hope he didn't drown. I didn't want him to have drowned. I, to me, that's a scary, scary death. So I didn't want him to drown. Um, and I I couldn't make a funeral arrangement. I knew he wanted to be cremated. My son comes out of the office here at the house and says, you know, mom, I'm not want you to go cheap or anything. But, you know, it's a lot less expensive if you just there's a crematorium at the one funeral home. And, you know, you can just have that done. You don't have to have the whole, you know, funeral home thing. And, and I said, oh, go cheap. Your father loved cheap. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so he died on the 13th of August. And we didn't get his body back until just about Labor Day. Wow. My church, God bless my church. I, I, I do not know how I'd have done this without the support of my church. Priest came to my house. We talked about what would happen, what we could, could do. Um, I never had his body, you know, nobody viewed him when they brought his body back. My daughter-in-law, my daughter and I and my sister went to the funeral home. So I said, I have to see him. I have to know if it's him. My son would not get out of the car and come in. My brother and sister-in-law, my sister were visiting from Ohio. So my, my sister, my, my daughter-in-law, my daughter went in and we're, you know, standing over him. I looking at him. I said, it's him. I was sad it was him. I, I would do it the same way again because he was he was not um, prepared for being in a casket so he was not stiff and hard he was just like he was damp like he had been sweating and was cold um his lips were still soft and his skin was still soft and he had the most gorgeous hair this man had beautiful hair we brought scissors with us to the funeral home and cut some of his hair off (laughs) I said I want some of them curls man so we cut some of his hair and then um when we left the funeral home, I walked out to the truck or to the car and my son was waiting in the car and I said, it really is your dad. The funeral home gave me my husband's flag. He was a veteran and um, I signed some papers and um, and then I I went to the car and I said to my son, I picked up my husband's credit card. I said, it really is your dad. Let's go to Vinny's for lunch. And that was our favorite Italian restaurant. You know, that was our favorite Italian restaurant. We had had anniversary celebrations there. We had wedding, you know, um, birthday celebrations and anniversaries, uh, 25th wedding anniversary we celebrated there. Um, So it was appropriate. So we went back to his favorite restaurant. That's what we did. We went back to his favorite restaurant and uh, had lunch. And then I waited another, I don't know, a couple of days. and then for instead of a regular I never put an obituary in the paper I had a friend write one but she wrote it and it sounded like an anniversary story about me and my husband she knew she loved my husband and I she said we were the perfect marriage she'd never seen anything like it so the whole thing was about our life together and I thought that really was an appropriate obituary I never filed an obituary on the paper we didn't do one it was all done by word of mouth and social media Um, and my church held a reception for me the night before we had a visitation at the church all my friends came my neurosurgeon came my physician came my dentist came
0: Um, wow that's 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 a testament to um not just you you know those were your doctors your dentists but to how well thought of your husband was yeah, the
1: church was packed and it was Labor Day weekend. It was the Saturday of Labor Day weekend and the church was packed and I'm in the bell choir at church. The bell choir played. One of the, we, we taught Sunday school together, first and second grade Sunday school, my husband and I, and we asked a little girl who he had had in Sunday school, who is now in college, to read and she went to go up to the, to the podium to read and just broke down in tears and had to walk away. And someone else had to step in for her. Um, the, the And flowers, the church did the flowers. And they asked me what I wanted. And I said, everything you do is beautiful. Just whatever you wanna do is fine with me. And the be- flowers are beautiful. There was the, um, um, what do they call that? The group of ladies that do receptions and things in the church, mm-hmm. um, They they held a reception in the church after the funeral. I didn't have to arrange any of that. I didn't have to do anything. All I said was whatever flowers you want and whatever happens with the food and people brought it. A group of friends from my neighborhood the night of the visitation brought cookies and punch and iced tea there to the little to the little hall that we had that in. I didn't have to do anything at all there. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to pay Uh, The only thing I was required to pay was the organist. And I, I have a friend that is an Episcopal priest. I go to an Episcopal church and I had her children in Sunday school. They're all grown. And she now preaches on her at her own church, not too far from here. And I asked her, would she preach at the funeral? Because she knew him better than we had a newer priest. And my newer priest said, no problem at all. They knew her. They called her. um, And she came and preached the sermon.
0: So you had a huge um, support system in your church family. And, you know, a lot of people don't ask for help or accept help because it just seems um, so hard. Um, How did that help you having that? group of people come and lift you up and support you and make it so easy for you to be able to celebrate your husband without having to worry about the details and afterward how did that help you how has that helped you since
1: i i don't know what i would do without my faith community um they helped me through brain surgeries um they've helped me through everything i've gone through in my life They were, um, so just, they were there if I needed them, I could call, I mean, I could call somebody just to take me to a meeting. I could call people just to drive me to the store. They, they were, they're just, they're just a good community. And, and I've been very active in the church, but I know we reach out to people who aren't active in the church. And my husband was very, very, you know, generous with money and time. Um, and I think, it's a real testimony to you know when you when they say you receive back tenfold you really do receive back tenfold for i have to say that i've received back tenfold there's no doubt in my mind i can you know um and my husband worked hard his whole life um he retired i'm in this i'm in a big house not a massive house but it's a big house And I don't have to move. I can pay my mortgage. I can pay all of my bills. I don't have to leave if I don't want. I can just stay here in this house that he built for me. Um, We were planning to move, he and I, to a, you know, like a 55 in community. But I think right now I'm just staying. Um, My daughter would kind of like to live with me, but I don't think I can live with her. So we're putting that off, Um, you know. That's too much. I don't think I could do that. But my children are close. My daughter is four miles. And my son is now about 50 miles. He just recently sold his home and moved about from about 40 to 50 miles south of him, of me. And he's here a lot. So both children are available. My son-in-law does all of my yard work. My daughter-in-law is a gem. My, My children really are very supportive. And my daughter's comment after her father died was, um, we know what he expects of us. We know what he expects of us. And, um, my children were only ever severely, um, disciplined by their father, each one really good time where they really, and it really was for disrespecting me. They just didn't do that in my house. And, Um, my daughter had, my husband, she was, we had a split flare home and she was in the basement and my husband heard her down in the basement and she called me a not nice word. And my husband was down those steps and physically, physically had her against a wall and was right in her face. And my husband was six foot three, 240 pounds. wasn't a little man. And was in her face, and you don't talk to my wife like that, and I will, I love her more than I will ever love you, and you will not do that to your mother.
0: Let me guess, she was a teenager.
1: She was, and my (laughs) son one time was walking down the stairs and flipped me the bird, and my husband saw it in a reflection of a window and did the same thing to him. Flew down those stairs, threw him against a wall and said, not ever you treat your motherly? So to the children, it's funny because they both know that they never had to, they just weren't disrespectful. So you know, he took care of it real quick. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> now on his last birthday it was in July. The kids have a video of my husband with his arms in the air and he's going, whenever two or three are gathered, it's a cake occasion. <laughs> he loved cake and he loves sweets. So <laughs> That's one of our last fun, you know, and we have a camper. So we go camping on his birthday. The family, the whole family goes camping on his birthday.
0: Oh, That's what I was going to ask. Has, has your family, you know, become closer and more attuned to each other's needs? Or were you already like that? We were already like that. I
1: think we were more like that when he was here. I think there's a little bit less of it since he's been gone. Um, because, you know, I don't demand too much of them. He would say, you're going to be here this day, that day. And that's it. There'd be no questions asked. Um, but you know, we are very close. My daughter's got twin. I have twin grandsons. They're 11 and they're about, about five miles from me. So I watch them. I don't watch them. I don't have to watch them. They let their self in from school, but I go see them every Wednesday because since they were toddlers, that was Nama day. I just called it that. And I, so they like to still see me, and I'd love to take them out to lunch and to events. Um, My daughter includes me in everything during the pandemic. I was part of her pod. Um, People would say, Well, you're not really part of her pod. You don't live with her. And she said, No, everything we do is to protect my mother and my children. And I never had to not have my grandchildren
0: to hug and love on. Oh, Where some people were
1: separated.
0: Yes, we, we were the separated kind we, um yeah, for over a year, almost a year, I didn't see my parents, I didn't see my grandkids. So yeah, I, I, I you yeah. know, and, and that's hard, because your husband died just prior to COVID starting. So without that, that connection with your daughter and being included, that, that could have been devastating, because of the isolation, um, and everything being so It would have been. Um, yeah, would have. very devastating and and so i'm very glad that you had that you know when the world was supposed to be staying away at least you had that connection that family that you could still be with um now i know that um you had had health issues and that um you know you and you know people often feel a guilt as the surviving spouse um and i know that you did comment and the questionnaire I had given you that, you know, you felt like it should have been you because of all your health issues. Um, do you, do you still struggle with that? It's been two years. Do you still have moments? I do. I do.
1: I still don't understand how I could stay. I mean, I was very close to death several times, very close to death. Um, but I, you know, I know my husband would not have wanted me to think that way, but I'd much rather that, you know, There's there's been a lot of times where I wish I was with him now, you know, and my children, this is something that a lot of people don't have or don't do or think is wrong, but I can say with the straight, and I've said it both and my children have known it most of their young, since they've been young adults, I'll say teenagers, I loved my husband, way more than i love my children my husband was my everything and if i had to choose i'm going to tell you right now i could have choose chosen my husband over my children and not a lot of people can say that and so you know i i was lost i'm lost because i probably he was he was really like i didn't even like to go in i have a craft room in the basement and when he would retire, when he retired and he'd be home and he, he loved to watch movies repeatedly. So always spent a joke in our family. Um, I think we've seen Jaws about 500 times. I did not like to be away from him. I would go to the basement, get something, bring it
0: up and sit just to be in his presence, just to be in his presence. See, and I understand that because um I don't think people understand. Intimacy is not just the physical. Um, when you have a connection with someone, intimacy can be sitting in the same room, reading a book or looking at a TV show, but just being in the same room, knowing they're there, knowing that you know you can turn your head and see them, reach out, touch them. Um, that's a, 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 a sense of, or a type of intimacy that um I don't know how many people have experienced it. That's how my husband and I were. And that's very much what you're describing too. And when that is gone, um, you know, it's not the physical intimacy, um, you know, that, that I miss so much. It's the knowing that when I walk in the door from the grocery store, there's someone saying, hey, babe, I missed you let me help you with the groceries. Or, um, you know, he worked from home and coming downstairs and getting a cup of coffee and taking it to him and watching the morning news while he was on a conference call. And we're both sitting there drinking our coffee together, just being present together, you know, and, and that is something that is, is hard when it's gone to try to adjust to because it's, it's such an adjustment. Um, so how are you dealing with that adjustment? I don't think I'm dealing with that adjustment as well as people think I am. I think
1: people think I'm doing way better than I'm doing because I, I do miss him every moment. You know, when I get up in the morning, um, I can remember, the last few months because he had had so many headaches and every time when if i got up after him and i would see him sitting in a chair i would be telling myself please don't be dead in that chair when i come around that chair you know because i was worried about him because he had these headaches um i just you know um i do know that he was dead before he hit the water he was, he had an instant death. It was a vascular thing. So it probably had to do with the headaches and he was dead before he hit the water. That was a blessing. But I, every day I, I wake up, I like when I drive to church to go to Bell Choir, I'm coming home at 8.30 at night. And I don't, and I, you know, I'm not afraid at all in my home. I live in a nice neighborhood and everything, but just to know he's there if something happens and and, and he's not.
0: You know, he's not there. Yeah. No, I and I don't think people realize, you know, you can have joy in your grandchildren and joy with your family um, and be smiling. But on the inside, there's this empty space that just there. is always there. And um, so as we wind down, I, I, I want you to think about um you know if there is something advice or um something you've learned as you've gone through these last two years and someone that is new to this widowhood community what is something that you would tell them that would be helpful that you think you or you know that you wish someone had said to you or that you know you think someone would gain some help from?
1: Well, one of the things that I'm finding is when you make decisions, they always say, don't make a big decision that first year. But if you have children, as I do, don't let them know you're thinking about big changes because, or anybody, because then when it falls through, then you're, you know, and you just want to change your mind you get a little bit of judgment because you're changing. Your, it sounds like you're changing your mind all of the time. And what it is, is when you had your spouse, you could talk those things over every day for months and months and months and make decisions up and down, back and forth, this way, that way. But once you've spoken it, other people think it's true. And then you, when you're changing your mind or it didn't work out, you have to backtrack or look like you didn't know what you were doing. And you not having the soundboard is hard. So if you're going to make decisions, think about them in your own self. I, I almost wish I had not ever told anybody anything else I thought about doing. Some things you need to hold to yourself.
0: You know, and that's, that's, that's actually really good advice because when you're used to having that other person to throw ideas back and forth, um, and then that's gone, um, and then you have to make the decision. You want to talk to people about it, but they don't understand always what well, you, know I you need. refinance as
1: an example, I refinanced my house. And because I re- refinanced my house, um, my children were giving me advice on that. And, you know, I really didn't take any advice from them. I got online. I did it all. I did learn how to bank online. I did learn all of that. And I managed to do a whole mortgage by myself, no help from my children, and, and got it done. And, and that's one of the things I'm most proud of. I, you know, and I didn't like the fact that I needed my husband's name off of the house, but I did. Um, because taxes are a nightmare. And you want everything <laughs> to be simple but I didn't I, w- I didn't take any advice from them. They didn't say, who are you going with? What are you doing? It did not. I got online. I found a company online that was reputable and I just did it myself. That's a good feeling. You, you do get a really good feeling when you accomplish some of those things all by yourself. And, and I do have a therapist who's helping me make some of those decisions. That's the person to sound off to as a professional. I want to say that too. I would use a professional for sound
0: boarding. That's good advice as well, because so many people don't reach out or they feel like there's a stigma. If they reach out, then that means that they're not coping well. And it's not that we're not coping well. Um, it's just sometimes it's nice to be able to talk to somebody who is not related to you, who does not have... Um, yeah. A vested interest in your emotional well-being to be able to say whatever it is that's on your mind and not get judged and be in a safe zone. Um, so I mentioned earlier that you know we're in um, a, a widow and widower's group online, and um, I have found that to be helpful because sometimes you just want to vent, and that's a safe space. Have you found that the online groups have been helpful?
1: Uh, They've been helpful in mostly in reading and listening and knowing that I'm not alone and how I feel about everything that there are other people that in my position. And I have a few friends that have been widowed from high school that I've reconnected with um, that are having a really hard time. Um, And then I, you know, then I just tell myself that I'm very blessed. And that's, that's not always an easy thing to say, you know. I'm alone, but I am blessed. I, you know, I really am. I mean, my husband never, ever, ever said an unkind word to me in 42 years. He never said an unkind word to me. Not once. And, you know, that's, I just have to hold on to that. Although he's been mean to me in every dream I've had since he died. He Isn't that mad odd? At me. Isn't, that's every just like the oddest thing. He has been mad at me in every dream. I'm thinking, well, I don't know what that's about, buddy, but you can just get over it.
0: You know. <laughs> well i I love your advice i I love that you you said you know find a professional to be your sounding board um, and to you know think about the decisions that you have to make but then you know sit with them a little bit don't rush into anything either which is very important yeah. because as as we know, um, we can seem to be doing just fine, but on the inside, we're crumbling. You know, you smile through the pain and that hole that is a part of you that's missing is still there. And, um, you know. Well, it has
1: to be okay to break down and cry. It has and, to be okay to break down and just
0: lose it. You have to be able to lose it if you need to. And, and I do that often. And, and, and that is exactly um, why i wanted to do this this series because i wanted people to hear stories and be able to connect with other people through the similar you know stories and feelings and emotions and understand that we don't get it right all the time there is no right there is no wrong it just is and we just cope the best we can and hopefully um by having your story, someone hears your story and understands that, you know, they're doing okay, that it's okay to not be okay sometimes, that it's okay to, you know, love your children, but still miss what you had and that that partner in life. And um, it doesn't mean you don't love your family. It just, it's okay to miss that part that's, you know, gone. Um, but I want to thank you again, Marsha. Thank you so much for sharing your story, and um, you know, I hope that um, it touches other people the way it touched me. So, well, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. I'm so happy that you have decided to join me on this journey. And I love hearing from my fellow journeyers, um, my friends, my family. That's what I consider you. So please, you can follow me on Instagram at Dawn Renee underscore H, on Facebook at Color Me Everything. You can find me on my website at www.colormeeverything.com, And again, here on this podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I throw in some extra content now and then. But if you're a part of my Facebook group, Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee, you get extra content, a lot of good content. So if you want to find out more about that, just look it up on Facebook, Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee, the Facebook group. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, stay safe, be well, take care of each other.